DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. What is going on, draft aficionados? Welcome into the Key Pass Collective podcast, brought to you by the Draft Society. My name is Joe Williams. I'll be your host today on this wonderful episode. Uh, we are, of course, the audio companion to the Draft Society site. Already mentioned the site, but if you head over there, you will find we've got literally everything that you could possibly ever need in the world uh, as it pertains to the draft fantasy game. We're talking your rankings, your stats, your articles, um, just just all the things, uh, weekly rest of season rankings, player projections, fixture difficulty tracker. Now, some of these things will require that you subscribe to the inner circle, which is a measly $5 a month. Um, but we do think that the value is there, but if not, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of free resources as well on the site. Check out the draftsociety.com. Okay. Let's move along. Today is a very special episode. Uh, we are Joined by, well, you know him well, Toddy, but also for the very first time, Draft Lad, the newest addition to the Draft Society team. We're super, super, super excited to have him here. We'll hear for, we'll hear from him in just a second. But first, let me just give you a quick rundown of what we're going to be talking about today uh, in terms of the actual uh, agenda for the episode. So we're going to prep you for game week 13. And in order to do that, the first thing we're going to do is just kind of quick fire a bunch of questions that Toddy sort of came up with last weekend while watching the uh, matches. So we've got a question for each team. Again, quick fire. We'll just run through those real quick. And then we want to spend a little bit of time. Consider this maybe like uh, we're a tourist bureau almost. We want to spend some time in sunny Manchester. No, I know it's it's not all that sunny, uh, but we, we do want to spend some time in Manchester. We're calling this the many shades of Manchester. We want to check in on City because we don't normally talk about City all that often, um, partly because, and I'll take the blame for this, I, I, I get annoyed with with City assets. Um, that's on me. We'll, we'll talk more about City today, I promise. And then, of course, we need to check in on Manchester United. We'll finish up by talking about some waiver slash trade-in targets. But first, let's hear from the gentlemen. Guys, oh, I'm just so happy to, to have both of you here. Of course, we have Ryan, who is on his uh, international extravaganza, uh, hanging out in the Maldives and hanging out in Dubai. Just completely jealous of that. But, um, <laughs> Toddy, meanwhile, you and I are just sitting at home. How, how are things? All good, all good. <laughs> um Behind the scenes, we have been prepping a lot for the um, upcoming schedule, and I'm really excited. Um, Same ab about uh, what we have planned. Uh, so I'll have a sign off, um, just uh, teasing teasing our listeners about that at the end of the pod. So beautiful. Listen to the end. No rest for the weary at uh, Draft Society headquarters here. 
Uh, and no one knows that better than Draft Lad himself. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Welcome onto the show. And I just got to say, man, like in terms of additions to the team, I, I could I can't sing your praises highly enough. You've just been such an uh, amazing contributor, and and all the content that you put out is just just so incredible for the community. Thanks so much, Joe. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and honestly, to work with you guys each and every week. Um, I've joined the Draft Society. Let's see, I don't know, a couple months ago now. Yeah, uh, and it's been a it's been a great ride. I think uh, content's just gotten better and better, and I've had so much fun just uh, putting as much into it as I possibly can. It it's been cool how you just sort of like hit the ground running and like just immediately I think knew that like oh these guys don't know necessarily all the things right now because they're still kind of growing and figuring out what they are as a brand and who they are and like being very patient with us I think in terms of like okay yeah. this this site is definitely not like it's kind of in its infancy still no no you, you're being far too generous <laughs> but uh <laughs> it, it, yeah it was it was very nice to come in the door and have stuff to do and it's very much a hobby <laughs> uh for me and like a lot of the stuff i was doing before just for myself and, right you know i started kind of um speaking with the community more and more you know i threw like projections on twitter and i saw people got really into it yeah um, and i was like you know what i think i can contribute more so I, I was really pumped when you guys reached out and i thought hey you know what i might as well share all this stuff love that anything to add toddy on on draft lad and his uh his newfound uh inclusion in the the draft society um, I mean, I just, I can just, um, reiterate what, what, what Joe said. Um, it's, it's, it's been an amazing ride. And I think, I think, um, I, we were talking a few days back when we were, I think it was on Friday when we were doing the final, um, articles, um, in unison with draft lad i think you were working on the perfect 11 and i was like i was working on streamers and we were chatting on slack and it was like it it, it really feels like you know when when we are in a dim lit office <laughs> burning the midnight oil just right. just you know like nodding to each other at the, uh, at the end of the office building and it's like right. so so cool so cool right, yeah, right. So. i get i get toddy's uh, 1am's and he gets my 1 a.m.s, and I right. see each other at both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, I've I've gotten used to um, you, Joe, and and Ryan, and and Jeannie, Jeannie's schedule. Uh, but right. Draft Lads, he's he's always up when I'm still up when I'm up, and I'm I'm still still up when he starts working after after work. So. So yeah, we we cross streams a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you guys ever get worried, oh, I'm not seeing some article coming out. I probably slacked the guys, you know, 10 hours ago. Oh, yeah, I'll get to it today and and I will always get to it. It just might be, you know, <laughs> pretty late in the day. Oh man, the stamina is much much more than I can boast at my my late age of 37. So, um, yeah, getting getting up there in in age, but no, you guys are fantastic. You guys are fantastic. All Thanks right, a ton, guys. Let, let's move on. Uh, so let's let's tackle Toddy's questions here. He's got some good ones, um, and and you got, I mean, the the effusive praise that you got from the the community on these, like, I just people lo- loved the the yeah, the fact that you were asking these questions and just kind of putting them out into the ether, and then people started saying, well, this needs to be the agenda for the podcast. Um, so we're, we're not going to probably spend, uh, as much time on them as maybe people would, would like, cause we want to talk about Manchester. We really do the whole city, the, the red and the blue, but 
let's stop and just kind of real quick fire talk about these. So you've got a sentence, Draft Lad. You're number one. Will Reese James ever stop getting attacking returns? Oh, man. I got one <laughs> sentence. I uh, mean, you can have a couple. He, he scored again today, right? Uh, yeah, that's it. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer is no. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable stuff. The way Chelsea's playing, they're basically the attackers, and the attackers are inside. Um, and so, I mean, I, I do think he keeps it up for the rest of the season. Maybe the maybe the returns don't stay at the same level, but he's going to you know, always be a premium asset for the rest of the year, I think. If you were drafting today, where would you take him? Um, let's see. I, I think top two rounds. I'd say, you know, around the 15 to 20 spot. Not a first rounder though, huh? No, not quite for me. Okay, all right. Maybe earliest, early second round. Okay, all right. Sounds good. That'll be an interesting conversation next year, I think, for sure. Uh, Toddy, number two, can Lester do anything other than the two preset tactics they have? I would love for you to tell me about those preset tactics. Yeah, I was. We were, we were talking in our <laughs> group chat, and and I uh, successfully predicted both halftime subs. For Leicester, and we we were talking. Uh, I I'd been I'd been frustrated by this many a times. Uh, talking to um, Chuck uh, Chuck Boothport at on Twitter about it. I know he's also a football manager fan like myself. Oh yeah, and and it it just reeks like in football manager you you can you can preset tactics that, oh. that your players learn. And whenever there's a issue during the game, you can just switch to a different tactic. Oh, God, you don't have to like move the players and stuff like that. Yeah, you just cl- click on the other tactic, and it <laughs> it just feels like that with Rogers. It's like it's these are the only two things that he does, and and there's no like slight um, ad- adjustments in midfield. There's no there's no um dynamism change or whatever it's just these two preset tactics and he just alternates between them once once one fails mid mid game week then he changes it up and then he he plays the other one the next game and it's it's so frustrating for 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 uh managers who who roster the yeah. uh, lesser assets as well as I'm sure Leicester fans as oh, well. I mean, because not, neither of them have seemed to be uh, working. So um, I, I have no idea what what the short to midterm uh, plan is at Leicester. But I'm 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 worried. I'm worried. Yeah, I, that that's okay. That's probably a whole podcast in and of itself, unfortunately. Um, and the the fact that Rogers is even uh, being talked about as a uh, Soul Sky or replacement right now is like ludicrous to me with the form that the Leicester have been in recently. It's just abysmal. Um, so yeah, we can. Yeah, leave. I mean, go ahead. Uh, if if he were a Watford manager, he wouldn't be a Watford manager anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you can sneeze the wrong way and not be a Watford manager anymore. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think fun. I saw a tweet that said Ole would have been fired three times in the first half if he was a Watford manager <laughs> in the game against Watford. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly someone was also joking i think it was on the caught off side podcast um about how uh united might be going for renieri (laughs) (laughs) which is not not true but but it'd be funny yeah i saw i saw uh, i it must have been um in uh, some kind of um comedy account or something like that but i saw that um 
Joe Glazer, um, supposedly, uh, when he when he came on the infamous call that that ended up yeah. with Ole getting sacked, he was like um, asking if if the guy who beat them was available to hire. <laughs> and it was like, that's a very yeah interesting take from an owner. I love that. Seems like a classic business him businessman yeah. take of you know can we acquire the competitor? <laughs> no, precisely, precisely. Yeah. What what is this Instagram? Let's buy it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Draft lad number three is Emilio Buendia done as a tier one asset. Oh man, I, it it pains me to say this um, as a huge fan of Buendia, but I I have to say I think he is. Yeah. Um, you know, even if he turns it around, which I do think he will. Um, you know, he's in he's in poor form right now. He might get dropped from the side. He didn't look particularly good last game with in Gerard's first game. He didn't look pr- very good in previous games. Um, I do think that he'll get better, and I do think he'll nail down a spot in the side. But he just doesn't seem to be that premium asset. He's not their primary creator right now. Yeah, he's not their only set piece taker. Right. The points just aren't going his way right now, and I right. don't see that turning around enough for him to be, you know, ever get to the point at which he was drafted at. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'd be curious if if Ryan was here, what he would say, because he's always been his most ardent supporter. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, things are a little bit dire right now on the uh, Buendia um, fan fan train bandwagon. Let's, let's not, fan train is not a thing. I don't know why I said that. Let's call it. Is the bandwagon uh, pulling the fan train, or it, the other it might way be? It might. It very well might be. <laughs> <laughs> the fan train actually is just like it's filled with kegs, so people are just like drinking away their sorrows. <laughs> at this point, I love that. Okay. I love that. All right, Toddy, number four. Uh, did Gross seal his bench spot with that performance? Um. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, at this point. We we have to assume that that gross is at at least we have to assume that he's not rotation proof like Trossard is for Brighton. Uh, but if we want to go a bit deeper, I think uh, we we did um, bump him down um, just prior to draft day in our in our last set of ranks, just because we were we were expecting him to get rotated and if in the first. Um, nine games he wasn't rotated so everyone was like um he was he was a steal at wherever they got uh him but i think this it's it's the prediction has come um come good unfortunately so i yeah. think he'll be he'll be rotated um in the future and unfortunately i don't see the changing um i think Potter has proven that um, that when everyone's healthy, Gross is not considered first team. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, back back to draft lad. Uh, we've got a question here about Maxwell Cornet, one of my absolute faves. Um, although the sentiment behind this, I think I, I do agree with. Um, is Cornet a forward one rest of season, or is he sell high? This kind of comes on on the back of uh, shout out to at Fantrax Yogi, Y O G I Fantrax Yogi, um, who posted today and said Cornet averages 1.5 shots per game, one on target, 
Is that really sustainable when he starts missing that one shot? He could be just averaging four points per game, which I push back yeah. a little bit. But I do I do tend to agree that he's on like a Joe Willock run of form right now, which probably isn't <laughs> sustainable. So I just yeah. want your take on this. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you both touched on it exactly right. Um, I think it's a perfect example of a run that's not sustainable and a perfect example of a trade high candidate. He's scoring nonstop, um, and yet his ghost points are almost non-existent. I'll tell you, he does pass the eye test. He looks electric on the field. Um, But you know what? Burnley just don't see enough of the ball for him to keep up those stats or even, Mm. you know, get the ghost points when he doesn't get the goals. Um, he's great scorer, great great player, but um, I would say absolutely sell high. I don't think he keeps it up. If he goes three games without a goal, all of a sudden we're not talking about him at all. True. Yeah, and his all of his values lost, just completely gone. Fully agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of, if he goes three games without a start or without a goal, uh, Toddy Christian Benteke um, has he done enough now to seal a starting spot? We were talking about him as a rotation, potentially droppable candidate, maybe what, two, three weeks ago. What's going on here? Yeah. I mean, I think we, we, we even said that he, he was close to being droppable even after he played and, <laughs> and scored a goal. So it was like, we are, we have been burned. I think we have, we have a very strong, um, Benteke um bias yeah not not the good not the good type but (laughs) i i do think that that uh he's done enough uh the only thing missing from his game was goals Mm. honestly um even under uh roy hudson uh and they were missing so that's not that's not uh something to be scoffed uh, to scoff at but but he's scoring well and he's scoring goals so why would why would Vieira change change things up? He he has enough um, worry with um, Ayu and Olise and Eze and the other um, cogs in the attacking machine. So I think I think Tackers is here to stay for for at least um, a, um, a good four or five games. So <laughs> at least at least a good four I mean, or five games. How can we? How can we predict further, That's further fair. away? But, but yeah, they have they have decent cover there. So, Eduard is good as well. So if he if if Benteke starts dropping off, then there's decent cover to come in. So, um, I I wouldn't say he's nailed on for starting the rest of the games of the season, but but he's definitely done enough to to warrant not being dropped if he if he has an off half or something like that nice all right draft lad are shelby and joe linton real or fake Ooh, good one um you know what i don't feel super confident here but i i do think they're real to a degree and i think they're they're much more real than they have been yes. uh, the rest of the season right um joe linton's been on actually a, a pretty nice run in terms of ghost points and he he scored i think what did he score an assist last week or he scored off a off a asm uh block shot or a uh, rebounded yeah, he, shot he had like Sorry. 25 yeah. points right right um you know what i i i want to say he's real to a degree i mean eddie howe is going to change the way that newcastle play he's, he he already did in fact even if he wasn't there and he was out with covid um <laughs> The power of a phone call. 
they're going to be more attacking, and and Joe Linton does actually tend to rack up the peripheral stats uh, when they have the ball. Um, so I, I think he'll be matchup dependent for sure, um, but I think he'll be much more playable than he was in the past. Like you can never really be confident playing in him, even in a good matchup in the past. Right. Um, but <laughs> I think going forward, I feel more confident in him in good matchups. Yes. Okay. I don't know if that you know truly answers the question, but I, I that's think about a, about as confident as I can be right now. And as for John Joe. Um, Similar sort of situation. Uh, he's come back into the side. Uh, Eddie Howe talked him up a lot as kind right. of a linchpin for the side. I don't think <laughs> we're going to quite... build a team around John Joe. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I don't think he quite delivered to that degree uh, this past weekend. The reviews of his performance weren't particularly good, um, but I also don't think he was off by any means, and I don't think he he loses his place in the side anytime soon. Um, he is splitting set pieces with uh, Matt Ritchie, which we talked about a long time ago in the set piece article. Um, so that kind of, you know, hurts Ritchie's floor, but helps John Joe's. So the floor is there, you know, he's going to pick up the stats in the middle of the, the field. Um, but again, like Joelton, I'm not playing him in any, you know, medium to hard matchups generally, unless I'm desperate. Okay. I like it. All right. Pick it up here, boys. Number eight. Yanelt, Jensen, Gatos, Norgard, Toddy, is Brentford midfield a black hole? Um, it is, I think. Um, <laughs> it, not in a sense that they won't score uh, goals or won't score good points, but in a sense that um, that it seems that you can't predict um, who will score the goals or who will yeah. score the points. So... Um, as long as Janelt is there and Jensen isn't, I'd be pretty confident running him out. But all the rest um, are fully matchup dependent, and even even in an easy matchup, they are mid four at best. Yeah, agreed. I'm dropping yeah. Norgard this weekend, and it pains me to do so, but I'm doing it. Agreed. Um, I, I will say one thing there. I think last match was a little bit of an outlier in the sense that. I watched a lot of the game, and Newcastle just shuffled into the sides, um, and that's why Canos had such a good game. He could just had whole field to run in, and so the ball mm-hmm. wasn't going through the middle of the field as much. But I do agree completely with Toddy's sentiment there. Nice. All right, back to you, Draft Lad. Well, can't well turn into a viable fantasy asset is M A N droppable Matthias Antonsen Norman. Huh. Okay. So. I think I'm a bit lower on Cantwell compared to others um, for a couple of reasons. Not me. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> one being, I mean, he hasn't played in a while. There was probably a reason that he wasn't getting picked. Um, and he just was, you know, his fitness isn't that great. You saw he played, I think it was 60 minutes this past weekend. And so he's still getting up to fitness. That's all good and well. Um, I think Norwich can't afford to drop points. Um, so they're not going to play him when he's not fit and can't play 90 for the most part. He didn't look particularly good this past weekend, um, but but more importantly, we're talking about Norwich, who's at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Um, he's not going to have set pieces, um, so he's going to be you know a winger who gets some dribbles, gets some shots, um, but they're not going to have that much of the ball. Um, so I think he's going to be very inconsistent. Um, if you can think about Puki at the beginning of last season, uh, both in Fantrax and FPL, he was on a hot run of form. People got very excited, and then all of a sudden, he wasn't so good. That's kind of what happens when you play for a bottom tier side. Mm. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think he is a streamer. Um, I wouldn't actually keep him on my roster. Um, I'd pick him up in a really good matchup and stream him. Um, but I'm not wasting a roster space on him personally. 
Cantwell. Uh, as for Norman, um, yeah, I, I think I tend to be in the camp where he's droppable, or maybe it's a wait one to two games and then droppable. Um, I, I expressed the sentiment on Twitter, but I'd actually rather uh, manage Billy Gilmore right now, um, and that's because Gilmore's playing uh, more advanced than Norman, and he also has set pieces. Norman used to have set pieces, but with Gilmore and Rashica both on the field, uh, he doesn't anymore. And he's also forced deeper when Gilmore plays in the new uh, Dean Smith setup. So, yeah, I, I just don't see any sort of ceiling for Norman such that he's not rosterable. He's he's Conte without uh, the crazy goals that Conte's been scoring recently. Yeah, and we did see his role change almost immediately, which was super unfortunate yep. um, for managers who have him. So. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree on that. It's it's and I was one of his most uh, vocal supporters, which which hurts. But yep, hey, is still what it a is. great signing for Norwich. But <laughs> yeah, just probably not what you want fan tracks right now. Yeah, speaking of vocal support, Toddy, uh, there's another guy that I'm dropping this week for a streamer, and that's going to be Stuart Armstrong. Uh, is anyone from Southampton midfield any more than a streamer? Um, yeah, obviously JWP is excluded from this question, but um, no, I think all our streamers, all um, all Southampton midfielders, uh, no, I, I don't see any reason why someone would would keep um, any of these guys on. Um, anyone yeah. can, yeah. Would they, would they, you they, would you keep Redmond Toddy on your roster? I dropped him when he was dropped. Um, due I would to... pick him up now. Yeah, I mean, I would. Uh... Isn't El Yunusi injured? Or di- or Draftlad, did I just see on your on your post that he uh, might be dropped because of his form? Yeah, yeah, I think he might be dropped just because okay. he didn't look particularly. Anyway, good. I, I like Redmond. I, I would pick him up. Plus, yeah, like uh, Stuart Armstrong has that calf injury. I like Redmond too, but. Um... They're playing at Liverpool, so oh no, not, not gonna, yeah, not this week probably. Ah, yeah, that's a good shout. Not not going to play Redmond there. Then they have Leicester at home, which is decent matchup, and then Brighton at home, which is worse than Leicester at home, I think. But <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> at this point, but I think you have to caveat Redmond's uh, value with um, two things. One is that his his big scores came when JWP was out right. so he was racking up set piece points uh, and also he was moving into a, a hyper advanced position right. because um, because one of the games Armando Broja was uh, was playing and scoring but the other one um, I think if I remember correctly um he, they started um, Che Adams and uh, Redmond up top, so he was he was playing he was almost playing as a forward. Right. So um, if it's Adam Armstrong and Che Adams up front, and Redmond is is taking up a wing spot uh, from Stuart, Stuart Armstrong or whoever Musa Janepo or whoever was playing there, I'm not. Super excited about his prospects, uh, especially if if JWP is there as well. So um, that's just that's just something to consider with with Redmond. Obviously, he'll he'll score um, well, but not not. I'm not expecting double digits without returns. Yep. 
Yeah, okay. I, I think you've convinced me. Thanks, Toddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, draft lad. Let's just put it this way: Which Watford players are you holding? They have Leicester, Chelsea, Manchester City, and the next three. Ooh, wow, that's a bad schedule. Um, let's see. Am I holding anyone? So, so the people I'm considering obviously are are the three attackers: um, Sar, Dennis, King. Um, I think. Uh, let's see. I, it it kind of depends on roster makeup, I suppose. I've seen a lot of teams where uh, King is your forward two or three, just like on that particular team. Then, of course, I don't. I don't think you're dropping him because you're fairly forward desperate. Um, I think. King's a hold for me, although I'll say that he's not on any of my five teams, so I don't have a, a fully good read on him. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm not so sure on Sar or Dennis. I'll, I'll pass this one back to you guys. What do you think? I mean, I have King. I'm holding him. I, he's one of my few forwards who plays. Yeah, um, exactly. Because <laughs> I also have the likes of like Trincao and Bobby and got you know guys like that, where it's like, oh, suddenly I find myself in the wilderness. With no starting forwards, and oh, I thought there were a million forwards this season. What happened? Um, but here we are. Yeah. So uh, I, I really like King, and I actually really like his ghost points too. Um, even when he doesn't get attacking returns, so I'm keeping him. Yeah, and I'll say that um, you know, looking at Dennis and even Cucho's stats the past couple of games, like I'm I'm pretty excited about them. Um, and I was looking to pick them up just purely based on what they have done. Um, but as you pointed out, looking forward, the matchups are so bad that yeah. I, you know, I'm probably not going to pick them up. But you know what, Ranieri has them playing pretty attacking, and yeah. if they're really going at it every single game, then maybe they're worth it, anyways. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd, I'd actually play um, if I only had one, obviously, uh, either Dennis or King. I'd actually start them against City, not against Chelsea. But if if I if I was in a bind, I'd start them against City. So I'd I'd hold Dennis and King. Sar is a bit bit of a difficult question because he's the most high profile, but he has been performing the worst out of the three. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I've seen him being dropped in um, I think it was the Community League. I think it was Ben wow. Chickens. Um, and. Uh, he picked up Carlos, I think, um, for him. I'm not sure that's a good move, but um, definitely this. I'm I'm starting my Watford attackers against Leicester. I think we can yes. all agree there. Yeah, I agree. But uh, but Chelsea and City, yeah, I'm I'm okay holding either of the three, but no one else, no one else. I have a yep. cheeky cheeky bid in for uh, Imran Luza. Um, in the community league, um, let's hope I get him. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good shout. I think he certainly puts up the peripherals. Nice. And also, I mean, on on Sar, he's about to lose penalties. Um, not that it they sure get looks oh, like it. Yeah. Not that they get many, but I I would I would wager that King it will be on the next penalty. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's a, a good good bet. All right, Toddy, we're gonna talk enough Manchester United in a minute. But um, let's move on. Is tr- is Adama Traore droppable? Oh, that's yeah. That's one of those um, genie type stir, <laughs> stir the pot questions. Um, 
I don't think so, and I and I ranked him accordingly in my um, international break ranks. Uh, I I did not think um, that I need to uh, drastically change my point of view with this benching after the international break. I did think that he would he would get in the team um, this weekend. He didn't, uh, so that's definitely a warning sign but i still think that this is just the customary um three to five to eight match benching that he suffers every single season and he'll be fine the rest of the season so <laughs> it's yeah, so that's, weird that's that's what i'm hoping at least <laughs> yeah I, I i tend to agree for the most part i do think it's a little bit different this season compared to previous seasons i i don't think he'll play this coming week and i do think he'll be benched a bit um but you know they do have more options uh on the wings this year and on and the options that the manager seems to trust more uh in terms of um their their various other wingers yep yep that's true and and ryan has been pointing out that um that maybe maybe i should revisit my uh, expectations as there's a new manager and there's mm. a new uh, um, sort of point of view towards Traore. Obviously, they still haven't um, figured out his contract situation, so that's a, that's a bit of a worry as well, but we'll see. I still, yeah. I still think he's, he's nowhere near droppable. Oh, of um, course, yeah. He was, he was traded for Ollie Watkins in my home league. Which I think is about the value that I'd be looking looking for if if I had him. Um, and who would you rather have? It's a toss up for me. Um, probably probably Watkins, Draplet. but depends on I, the roster. I think it's also Watkins, but I will say that the pattern that I think will very likely happen is. Wolves lose one or two games in a row. Traore comes back into the side. He plays one or two games. He does well in those games, and all of a sudden his trade value is higher than Ollie Watkins, and you can trade him out on a high. I think that's always going to be the case with a guy like Traore where the hype is just so high. Um, so while I'd rather have Watkins for, you know, let's say the next five weeks, um, I think in terms of trade value, you're probably going to end up getting more for from Traore. <laughs> yeah, and uh. I think I think that's that's underlined by our um evolving uh consensus ranks i think he was consensus top 10 player exactly for the rest of the season in our first set of um um consensus ranks uh, in september and and he's fallen by the wayside since then but um yeah that's even i'm not saying he even fooled us but but yeah uh, we we kind of do consensus ranks to to provide a closer representation to to players um actual group think value rather than um like um like a laboratory tested and and uh, calculated rest of the season value so i think i think that's that's a a good example for why we do consensus ranks because we are also members of the community and we also um get swayed by these um player values so 
So just like Draftlet said, if if Traore starts banging in twenty pointers um, week in week out, then he'll he'll shoot up the ranks again, and that's that's probably going to be the time to trade him out because everyone will be um, will be just um, all over him. All right, uh, we'll get to Jay Lings in just a second, but let's talk uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. Draft lad, is he top five rest of season? I think so. I think if we're talking about uh, war or wins above replacement, I think he's just um, that much beyond the rest of the defenders that yeah. he he's top five. And and, and you know, shout out to Cancelo, Reese James, and uh, the Chilwell Alonso combo. They're they're very much up there as well. But you know, you just watch Trent play, and the amount of points he puts up on a weekly basis is absurd. And I, I mm-hmm. don't see it going away anytime soon. Yep. Yep, I lost by less than two points this week and definitely went up against Trent. So <laughs> that 30, 30 however many points he, he scored this week really stung. Um, yeah, he's, he's something else, man. He is something else. Incredible to watch. Uh, Toddy, finally, are Pepe and Odegaard droppable? I know you, you saw somebody drop Pepe in a league and asked if, you, if uh, we would pick him up, and I told you no. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they're both droppable at this point. Uh, I'm sure either one will get um, a few look-ins during the um, busy schedule ahead, but um, not enough to hold them. Uh, in, streamers, in right? Yeah, it's just streamers. Yeah. yeah. Draftlad, I mean, are you are you disagreeing on either of those? Are you holding Pepe? Um, you know, no, I, I think I agree on both those. I will say I, I touched on it on Twitter a little bit. I think there's a good chance that Odegaard gets back into the side soon. So I, I think he's the type of guy you pick up on a Tuesday. And if he doesn't play on Saturday or Sunday, you drop him. Yeah. Uh, but I do think there's a chance he plays. And if he plays, he'll get sets. And if it's a good matchup, I'm starting him. Okay. Is there, um, we, we talked about boulders, the boulder theory, um, right. Uh, with, with players, who who would you suggest to look for in uh, in in an Arsenal lineup to determine Odegaard's um, value? Is is there a sort of lineup handcuff that that you that gives you uh, an indication of whether he'll he'll give you value in a game? Just just to clarify the question, are you saying the guys who are playing around him, or the guys who he's playing instead of? No, no, around him. So it's like um, yeah. When when you see the lineup, right, uh, right. you 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 get a vague picture on on his uh, yep. possible role in that game. Yeah, I, I um, follow. Don't. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I'd say no, not necessarily for Odegaard. I think he's always going to play in the hole. Um, we tried him out a little bit further back in a four three three, but I, I don't think he's going to stick there. I think he'll always play behind the striker from from the looks of it. So no, I, I'd say it, it doesn't particularly matter matter who plays around him i think pepe is a little bit more isolated with the ball when he plays but i don't see him playing just like you um so Saka, uh smith row on the sides of odegaard i yeah i don't think the lineup matters too much for him okay and no one to take his sets either yeah no so um the priority there is uh pepe is number one generally when he plays then odegaard is number two and then if neither of them are on the pitch uh, then it's left to Sokka and Smithrow to split. So I do expect if Odegaard comes back into the side, um, Sokka and Smithrow will most likely both lose their sets. 
Um, but again, if Pepe plays, Pepe will also probably take priority. And and that's oversimplifying things a little bit. Um, for instance, you know, Pepe might take uh, certain free kicks and, and Odegaard others. But yeah, um, Pepe, Odegaard, and those two is, is generally the priority. So I wouldn't worry about anyone else in the lineup except for Pepe. Okay, so if you see Pepe in the lineup and you're looking to um, pick up Odegaard as well, um, just just um, look out for that. You may you may be a bit disappointed with Odegaard's um, set piece related. Exactly. Numbers. Thank hmm. you for forcing me to answer your question. You, there you got it exactly right. Thank there you. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's move on to the many sides of Manchester. So. Uh, I want to do a quick city check-in because, like I said, I mean, it, this is mea culpa, maybe. Um, I really just despise pep rotation. You know, I, I don't uh, roster many city assets in this year. Uh, against my better judgment, in my Discord league, I did go ahead and draft Mares and look where it's gotten me. Mm. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, I legitimately just, like, I'm so fed up with it. I, I'm just completely over it. But... We don't talk about this team enough. We really don't because because maybe of my frustration behind it and and also just the fact that they're all so highly rostered. But I do think it's time we just check in a little bit and just see, you know, how are we feeling about some of these assets? Um, how have things changed in our perceptions? Um, maybe we can pull up some stats. So let's just start with are, are there guys who like since draft day have substantially uh, gained value in your eyes? Let's go ahead and start with you, Draft Lad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, gain value since draft day. I think Bernardo Silva has to be the, yeah. at the top of that list, personally. Um, we, a, we got that one exor- wrong. Yeah, yeah same here. Uh, an exercise I like to do sort of like every couple of game weeks is, is try to predict forward how many starts I think the guys are going to get. And at the beginning of the season, I figured Bernardo Silva would maybe get like 33% of the starts for the rest <laughs> of the season. And the reason I thought that was I, I thought he'd majorly excuse me, majority of the time you'd be forced into a midfield role um, and all of a sudden you're faced up against with competing with Gundogan, uh, KDB, and also Foden was playing a bit in the midfield. Yeah. And I figured, you know, KDB and Gundogan uh, would get most of the starts and hence he wouldn't play. That has not been the case. KDB's been out a lot. Um, Gundogan's rotated plenty and Bernardo's played almost every game and he's played well and he can't stop scoring or assisting. So yeah, he's definitely been uh, the person who's gone up the most i will say my expectations are still tempered moving forward i think you know he starts plenty in the next 10 weeks because he's in unbelievable form but when kevin de bruyne does finally hit his stride, i do think we'll see lineups with de bruyne and gunnigan and all of a sudden bernardo won't start too much all right bernardo's one for you are there more um let's see who have gone up in value right um let me go through the lineup in my head uh oh Cancelo, I think, Obviously. is the other one. Yeah. Um, I'll say, uh, not to toot my horn too much here, I, I think I was really high on Cancelo to start the season. I drafted him in almost every league in the second round. A lot of people called me crazy. Um, his, another guy, just like Trent, his war um, wins above replacement, which is far higher uh, than where he was being drafted. Even if he only starts 50 to 75% of the, game, uh, of the games, he's going to win you a ton of games. Um, and you know what? And he ended sudden, up starting 100%. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, he's starting 100%. You know what? Almost every week, at least the first like 10 weeks, I picked up Zinchenko on Tuesday and dropped him on Saturday because I always wanted to have him if he did start, and he, he hasn't started yet. Uh, there was fitness, <laughs> issues, fitness issues, and he's back now. But um, 
Pep cannot stop praising Cancelo and all of his pressers, uh, and he's just incredible right now. He's, and I don't he's think ridiculous. he's gonna, I think at minimum he plays like seventy five percent of the games going forward, and and that's that's way enough. Yeah, sixteen point one mean points per start. Um, last three game weeks, average of nineteen point seven Fantrax default scoring, like just yep. ridiculous. And, and his and floor, it, his floor is insane. Absurd. Even if they absurd. concede a goal. Yep. And, and I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he actually has the most total amount of uh, fantasy points of all defenders. He's eclipsed Trent by 0.5 right now. All right, let me ask you this, Toddy. Uh, players that you would not trade right now one for one for Cancelo? Um, Salah. <sighs> Trent. Mane. Um, but that's that one's close. I would do Mane, I think. Um, Rafinha, Bruno, probably that's it. <laughs> yeah, I I, I got to agree there, and I think KDB is the question mark for me yeah. that you didn't mention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing we're even talking about this. I mean, KDB is is a, is a difficult one. Um, I don't want to gr- give too much credit to. To our good friend Genie, but yeah. but he's been he's been down on KDB, and I do think that he'll yes. he'll come around. I I do think that he'll come come around, but but I mean at this point, if if Cancelo has started like all of the games, literally all of the games, um, who's gonna supplant him? Is right. is it, is it gonna be a yeah Zinchenko? Who has who hasn't had a look in? No, so uh, right. I'm I, I. He may he may just be rotation proof. Yeah, which is insane to say for this team. And if he is, then then I'm not I'm not trading KDB for him. Yeah, That's... I mean I mean yeah I'm not I I don't want to trade him for KDB. That's right, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what you meant. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Dreflat, anyone else who has gained in your estimation? Let's see, gained. I'm going through the whole lineup. Otherwise, Toddy, you can give us if there's any of yours, and then uh, he can come back in in just a second. Yeah, I'd say, I, I, I think maybe not, actually. I think I was pretty high on everyone to start the season, which is maybe to a fault. Um, I think a lot of people might say Foden, because he's gotten more starts than some expect at the beginning of the season. Seven. But for, for me, uh, I think... Those are the two that have gone up. How about you, Toddy? Um, gone up. I think Jesus as well. Ah, yes. I, I, I fully forgot Jesus. I, I put my hands up. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I think he's... We all expected him to be the forgotten um, we don't need a number nine anymore right. situation uh, player. Um, and he was, he was really bad uh, last season, even when he played which he didn't play much, um, so I think he was he was um, he was overlooked a bit. Um, yeah, so I think I think he he went <laughs> up as well. But well, they he, they they don't need a number nine, uh, much to the chagrin of Mares rosterers or managers, because Jesus has been playing as a winger mostly, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <he>? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So so yeah, I think. I can't. I can't uh, not start to 
um, think about uh, like these uh, theories of Mares's uh, exclusion and and I don't know which was first, Jesus tried as a winger and supplant Mares or the other way around that Pep didn't want to play Mares uh, and was forced to play Jesus there and he worked out. I have no idea which ones which which came first, but but um, the results are <laughs> um, speak for themselves. Wait, wait, wait. What, what's what's the theory? I don't I don't keep up on. Um, uh, it's just my. Th- I don't keep no, up on Manchester just, City uh, conspiracies. <laughs> it's just my my theory that oh, okay. that um, he's fallen out of that, favor. Yeah, I think I think um, the the fallout with Mares preceded Jesus's play on the wing so i think the original plan was just to have mares there and jesus up the middle and when when there was the fallout or the um or the supposed fallout then uh, jesus needed to play on the on the wing and he played well so no harm no foul i mean okay so foden grealish and kdb injured this last game week and Raheem Sterling, who Pep presumably hates, starts over Mares. I thought for sure I was getting a Mares start last weekend. And if that's not a game week in which he gets a start, then I don't honestly know. Like, I guess let's, let's transition. So players that uh, that obviously are underperforming their draft day value and that we're lower on now. Mares has to be chief among them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was also very high on Morris to, to the start of the season. Um, and I think I drafted him in second or third round in one league and then drafted Jesus in the 12th or 13th and was laughed at. That was my home league. And of course, <laughs> total flip. Um, but yeah, no, on, on Mares, um, I, you know, I think I suggested to you, Joe, this past weekend, you should risk, risk, um, risk starting Mares because uh, I figured he'd start just like you. Um, I, a little bit of a tricky one because it's it's post international um, break and you never know you know he played a bunch for Algeria or, or whatnot um, so I do think he'll get his chances going forward I wouldn't trade him out in the sense that like his value is not going to be lower you're not going to get um, any sort of value for him right now as far as I can tell um, I would hold him when we go through this busy um, December period I do think he'll get his starts and if you can afford to keep him on your roster or maybe even you have a handcuff. Yeah, um, it's worth it, but there's no denying the fact that he's gone down quite a bit since the beginning of the season. I had him predicted at 50% of starts. If he got 50% of starts, you know he'd probably be a top 25 right. above replacement player. But that has not been the case. If he gets 20% of starts, I'm happy right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, sorry, he, he's not even on our um, useful draft metrics table. Because in order to qualify for that, you have to have started at least four matches. Yep. Yeah. And, and I will say, <laughs> like, with, with, with Manchester City, um, there's always a sort of swing of things where a guy hasn't started much for ten games, then all of a sudden he starts, like, five in a row. That that happened last year. You know, I traded Mars out, actually, in the middle of the season um, when he was not playing a lot. And then towards the end of the season, he started playing a lot more. Yeah. And then at the very end, he didn't play much at all. But anyways, point being, there's, like, a right. swing of things. So. You don't want to sell too low, essentially, is, yeah. the, is the thing. And, and it's it's reasonable to assume that at some point he'll break into the time, into the team and play a bunch. 
Toddy, what do you think about players? Uh, I mean, we've talked Maris up enough. That's that's fine. Um, let me just wallow in my in my, <laughs> my feelings here. No, but um, <laughs> what about other players that that have um, not met our expectations or that kind of were, were lower on uh, than we were at the, the beginning of the season in terms of uh, city assets? I mean, KDB is is a conversation we can have. Um, it's, it yeah. sounds to me like draft lad. You think that that he is going to regain at least some semblance of form. Um, oh yeah, maybe not the, our preseason expectations. But if you talk about rest of season rankings, drafting today, is he still in your top three? Top three, huh? Interesting. Um, <laughs> let, let me let me uh, waffle a little bit before I give you a real answer to that question. Okay, Toddy, tell me about your your feelings on KDB. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not in my top three um, at all. Yeah. Um, Honestly, honestly, I think he's 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 in my top ten, but okay, yep. But um, but I'm not actively trying to get him. If you know what I mean, it's like it's like I'm okay if he's reached reached on in mm-hmm. top five or something like that. I I'm happy with that because a, a better asset falls to me. Like I've been trying to ship Mane in one of my leagues, um, and a few weeks ago I think I'd I would have um, taken KDB. At this point, still might, but uh, I I would want some fab with it. Obviously, the KDB uh, manager is not gonna not gonna trade him for Mane. But uh, I think that's that's why there we are not seeing a lot of KDB trades, because because the valuations for players or managers who roster them mm-hmm. have moved away from uh, valuations for managers who haven't rostered him. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think for me I'm a little bit higher than Toddy, but I, I agree with most of that sentiment. I'd say he's probably top five for me, and probably you know four or five. I think overthinking football, shout out to those guys. They did a great thread on Twitter recently about um, looking at the, I think it was top 25 um, uh, at the for the first, let's say, 12 game weeks of the season versus rest of season, top 10 or top 25 rest of season. I, I, I'm, I'm very confident that KDB will be, you know, top 10, top 15 rest of the season. I expect him to be, you know, top five rest of the season. Um, you know, as I said before, I think he's just out of form right now. Um, Pep loves playing his guys into form, so it doesn't mean that when KDB is healthy and post-COVID, he's not going to play. Pep's going to play him into form. He, yeah. you know, he, he's he's still one of the best midfielders in the world. Um, I don't think he's a rotational piece. I think when he's healthy, Pep will play him as much as he can. Um, and yes, they have like three matches a week, and so he'll play you know two out of the three, but. I'm still pretty confident that he'll return to the form that you know he's shown the last two to three years. Um, I don't think there's any reason to to not believe that, other than he hasn't been very fit or in form the past ten weeks. I think it's a good example of not harping too much on the past um, or the recent past, I should say. So yeah, uh, yeah that, was that was that the thread um, essentially saying um, past performance shouldn't determine. Exactly. Future, future performance, yeah. right? Right. Future and of, expected performance. 
Yeah, of course. And it's definitely, you know, it's a balance beam. Obviously, you're using the data that's available to you. And that data is, is, is historical data. But the way I would put it is don't only look at the recent historical data, also look further back. That's another reason, and I won't get too much on a tangent here, but I'm, I'm relatively high on James Madison compared to everybody else because oh, yeah, he's been very poor recently. But, you know, <laughs> anyways, that's the end of that tangent. But that, that's that's why I feel that's the fine. way I do about Yeah, I, uh, like, like I said, like I said last week, I dropped him in a 10-team league. Um, keeping him in my 12, but dropped him in a 10-team because nope, over it. Um, but speaking of uh, guys that I'm sort of over, uh, Raheem Sterling. <laughs> Let's talk about him for a second. So uh, tell me if I'm wrong, guys. Started last week, scored a goal, um, missed a sitter in typical Raheem Sterling fashion. Uh, I would be doing literally everything I can to trade him right now. Yeah, I'd say either trade him now or you trade him in the next month. I I think the next month. I, I expect his value probably won't go very down from where it's at. You know, he played a game. He scored. I do think he'll play some games in the next month uh, and he'll score. And so as long as you get him out before maybe, you know, middle of December, you're, you're in the clear. But I, I think unlike Mares, he does have some value right now. So just as you said, Joe, I would try to trade him out now. Absolutely. Okay. Toddy? Uh, the guy who, <laughs> guy in my home league, um, he traded him in for Dennis. Oh, wow. And, and the league was, was all up in arms about it. Saying that he took advantage of the, of the guy who had done this. And, uh, I am usually, <laughs> I'm usually in the forefront of, um, of being up in arms about stuff like that. But, but in this instance, I was, um, I was pretty much okay with it, uh, to be honest. And he has been asking to reverse that trade. For weeks now, <laughs> <laughs> and, and even even he, he posted um, after after Sterling scored that he would still love to reverse that trade. No, and I think I mean why that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I think I think I'd still rather. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not sure about where they are in my ranks, but the only reason I'd I'd uh, hold um, Sterling is is considering a Newcastle transfer in January. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm still holding him personally. I don't think he's droppable. He's part of a Man City attack that just scores goals and oodles. But uh, there's no denying the fact that his right. stats have been really poor, uh, and he hasn't been scoring, and hence his points haven't been good. But you know, just like people might be holding Ferran Torres right now, it's the same idea. Like, I, I'm not dropping any Manchester City uh, forward. And again, You're like Ferran Joe said, Torres? I, I'm not. I'm not personally. Sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> I said so, some people are holding Torres. Um, but if you're holding Torres, you're not dropping Sterling. All right. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I left yeah. him off this list intentionally because I don't see any reason to talk about him. No, no, I wouldn't hold him either. <laughs> but, okay. All right. So let's let's move on. Um, I think Gundogan, Gundogan uh, I don't know, arguably about where we expected, um, yep. right? Like, right around there. Um, many of us downgraded Grealish when he got his move to Man City, and I think we were right about that, right? Like, I, I mean, I think as far as, like, Grealish and Foden are concerned, you yep. know, we we were worried about the rotation, and I think we were right to worry about the rotation. Um, there's obviously injury concerns there, but 
I don't know. They haven't lived up to expectations, which right. I think some of us, uh, I would argue many of us at TDS sort of projected in our ranks. Yeah, yeah fully the, agreed. Go ahead, Toddy. No, I was I was just going to say on Foden, um, I think that um, monster score against uh, Brighton, that 37-pointer is propping up uh, what has been a pretty underwhelming um, fantasy season so far. So I think in one sense, he has been starting, since coming back from injury, he's been starting more than what we kind of expected him to, right. but, but, um, but he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. He has, besides that, if you take away that 37 pointer, he has one, uh, double digit ghost point score. Wow. And, That's been and, crazy. Yeah. So and he's, I'll say he, I've, I've I've still been picking him in perfect XI every now and then because the upside is just always going to be there. Oh, and yeah. His goal odds and oh, assist odds are going to be there. But no, I, I agreed with Toddy. And and on the Grealish note... Better um, situation at least right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a good it's a good situation where you're looking for upside on a, like a, a one-week basis. You know, you're going to pick City guys almost every week. Um, yeah, on the, on the Grealish front, um, I think, like you said, I think... You know, you guys correctly predicted that he's not going to start every game. We knew that. And then, as opposed to last year, he's also not going to be consistent week in, week out. He's not going to be the go-to guy who's getting, you know, tons of dribbles and tons of fouls drawn every single week. The ball is going to go elsewhere on the pitch. Uh, and that's why you don't see consistent returns from Grealish even when he does play. Yeah. But, yeah. as I said before, still part of the city attack, still has tons of upside. Uh, you're not benching him ever. I mean, he's scored better than most city assets, to be honest. This this yeah. year, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, he started hot. Yeah, um, he had a couple poor games, and like so, all of a sudden, you know, there's a bit more of doubt whether he's going to be in the side every week, and he hasn't been. Um, but still, a great player when he starts. And he's yeah. he's actually been getting hooked earlier, uh, more often recently. Like he started out the season like gangbusters, playing 90 minutes in uh, what four of his five starts. And then the last four, uh, he hasn't made it the whole match. He's been hooked. So I think yeah. that's kind of interesting, too, uh, even though he's he is usually scoring you, you know, 10, 15, sometimes more points per game. So, I mean, he really has been fine. Like, I I would certainly target him in a trade if, if, if you knew somebody was frustrated by him. Toddy. Yeah, same here. I think I'd target him as well because... Because um, the only th- the thing that I um, I I wanted to say about Grealish is that his twelve point three three points per game includes only one goal and two assists. Oh wow, that's so, good. So so I think there is definitely room for improvement there. Uh, so if he starts if he starts getting some. Uh, attacking returns, then then his numbers will shoot up. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great point. Thank you, Toddy. Yeah, ten. So nine starts, ten point two ghost points per start. Pretty solid. Um, that's that's up there with the best in the league. Um, with uh, Adama Traore having the best, you know, ghost point per start average at fourteen. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold at thirteen. So you look at Grealish at, at like just over ten. I mean, that's yeah. Uh, certainly for somebody who people are quote unquote frustrated by, 
Uh, if you could take advantage of that and bring him in, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's move on to United boys. Uh, we probably won't spend as long as maybe we'd hope to on them, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if we hoped to spend time on them, but yeah. Well, I get, okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> okay, people are wondering. People are, are wondering about what's going to become of them. Let's say for, for the moment, let's just pretend um let's let's operate under the assumption that potentially pochettino will be coming in uh it does look like psg are you know more or less giving him the green light to leave i talk about the transfer window podcast a lot on here um they do great work and if anybody doesn't follow duncan castles you definitely should uh but basically psg is saying uh no this is great like we don't actually rate him as a manager we don't (laughs) like we don't think his tactics are very good and the players tend to agree um and so if you guys come in and pay you know pay out what he's worth which is like 10 million euros or something like that um then sure you can have him so it looks like that's more or less going to happen i guess we'll see there could be some bumps in the road but we'll we'll see but let's just pretend you know for now let's operate under the assumption that that pochettino's coming in so all right uh we saw some wild things recently uh pogba's basically out of the team i mean obviously he's got the injury that he's dealing with but Basically, out of the team has has said he wants to leave in January unless they bring in a real manager. Um, <laughs> is is it, it, not really you know in in the in the forefront of uh, this team's plans at the moment. Um, you've got Marcus Rashford who's back from injury. Finally, you've got Bruno Fernandez who's having a horror show of a season. Um, just some of the worst form we've ever seen him in. Uh, and I think this last match probably the worst maybe people have ever seen him play. Uh, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, who just is himself. He's 37 and scores worldies, but that's literally all he does on the pitch. Um, you got Mason Greenwood, who just keeps wondering when he's actually going to be able to play significant minutes. Um, you've got Shaw and um, Maguire, who are having just howlers of a season. Like if there, there has to be a word worse than that. Whatever that is, that's their season this year. Uh, Wambasaka, same could be said for him. You got Sancho who doesn't see the pitch. You've got Van de Beek who doesn't see the pitch, uh, and that's essentially the tale of United this season. So let's get a check in on on United boys. Uh, so are there any players who have exceeded our expectations of draft day value and are impressing you, <laughs> draft lad? <laughs> I think the answer is no. I'm going to go through uh, every player in my mind, and I, I you know what. I suppose the answer could be yes for Greenwood early season, but I'll say that um, shout out to the boys. Um, I think we were fairly low on him in our ranking because we predicted rotation going forward. Got some flack for that, but I think we were ultimately correct there. And he, he has been rotated, as Joe said, and he's not seeing the pitch all of a sudden. He has COVID. There's been injury concerns, but you know he did exceed in the beginning. He was uh, scoring pretty well. Um, other than that, I think the answer is no. Um, as Joe went through the list, pretty much everyone's underperformed. <laughs> All right. So, so I think that the conversation is going to be more around like projecting forward who we might see uh, coming into form. But Toddy, anyone that's impressed you so far? I mean, no, <laughs> I have to, I have to, I have to uh, agree on everything. Draft that said, honestly, yeah, maybe the only one who has been, Impressive in his very, very limited time is Adinson Cavani, mm. but he he's only has he only has two starts and and 
he's only made it to the end, not even the end of the game. So <laughs> eight, 80, 81 minutes, he's only made it to 81 minutes in one of those. So oh. uh, I think it's more more his um, in real life uh, value or 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 eye test that he that he looked good in. Other than that, uh, for fantasy purposes, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I I stepped in for sleepers eleven uh, last week for um, Genie, and he sent me a list of suggestions on who to put in, and he 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 suggested to put in Scott McTominay, and nope. I nope, and I said I can <laughs> I can help you I can help you, but. And I and I did put in his ten other players, but I will not put in McTominay's his five point nine um, points per game is exactly what he is expected to bring. Uh, yep. And I'll add one thing there. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Pogba's very hot start to the season as well. I think he, you know, was destroying draft day value at first, but of course the injury was unfortunate and the rotation out of the lineup is, you know, somewhat inevitable. But um yeah, he's no longer there, obviously. Oh, you're oh, you're referring to the the four assist game? Yeah, no, he was <laughs> yes. against me that game. So that yes. that explains the whole thing. <laughs> that that yep. explains the whole thing. Um anyway. No, I okay. just remember seeing the stats of he's on pace for I don't know whatever it was seven hundred forty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something crazy. Yes. <laughs> no, okay, okay. So all right, so this is what people want to hear about. So right. from a fantasy standpoint, boys, from yep. from um the the standpoint of a fantasy manager playing with default fan track scoring or just maybe somebody playing with um default FPL scoring, looking for attacking returns, um and or clean sheets, you know whatever it is, looking forward, um. What do, what the hell are we doing with this team? Like, I feel like the, the starting three is sort of up in the air, the front three. Um, we're not quite sure what that's going to be. Um, I think there we could make some assumptions, and, and I, I would take some gambles um, if, if you pressed me on it. Um, yep. As far as the midfield is concerned, there are a couple players who are, are I think, are low-key <laughs> values for me. Um, and the defense is a shambles. I can't really make heads or tails of it. So... Um, Toddy, let's come back to you and then we'll, we'll go to draft light after that. But any of those you want to tackle make sense of it for me. I mean, I, I want to start with, um, with a short message from our missing comrade, Ryan, <laughs> who while enjoying the sun and the cold beers in the Maldives, he, um, checked the Champions League. Uh, lineup for United, and all he wrote was "death, taxes, and McFred." <laughs> and, and that's just, that's just, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan is my so, favorite. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Obviously, there there's huge question marks all around. The one thing I want to say is that. On paper, if they bring in some kind of cover for center back, they actually, for the first team, they actually look decent-ish to play three at the back, uh, with Lindelof, Varane, and Maguire, which would elevate their, uh, wing backs to a more valuable, um, status. Mm. Uh, who those wings back 
wingbacks will be is a big question mark because I think Shaw has done everything he could to give Telias tell yes. a chance to to um, shine. Same with uh, Van Bissaka. I think Delo and Telias are are decent holds in in deep leagues or in or in leagues where you have bigger rosters than the 16 that we usually do i think both of those are are decent decent guys to to hold because they'll have value if if they play other than that on, until we find out who the manager is um and it's going to be in in a semi long term um i'm not trading for anyone uh, because the only players I'd be trading for would be the forwards, and there is a, there is a question mark on how or or where or how <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone anyone's gonna fit um, these forwards in in a lineup. Obviously, we we were we were really. Um, high on everyone before Ronaldo came in. Yeah. And I do think that that a lot of value is tied up into how the new manager will use Ronaldo and and I've I, and um just to um shout out another podcast um not not only the transfer podcast that Joe listens to um I was listening to Tifo uh oh, yeah. podcast the at the, on the Athletic and and they had an out there suggestion. They were talking about who who could take over, and they had an out there suggestion about um, about um, the United board being just the type of um, decision makers who who would who would uh, target someone to appease Ronaldo, mm. and they were thinking Carlos Queiroz as an interim manager who is now managing Egypt. Which is, I think, a really good. Odd. So I, I don't know about his odds, draft <laughs> lad. Um, I don't, I, I don't remember seeing him on your uh, odds tracker. Um, <laughs> I don't but, think he's there. <laughs> but, uh, but I do think that it's, it's not a bad shout, and, and, and the reasoning behind it is sound because I think, I think they've, they've put most of their eggs into the Ronaldo basket, and, and. Personally, I think I think a manager will be able to succeed there if he's if has if if he has balls enough to bench Ronaldo. Uh, but right. I don't think I don't think that's that's gonna be no. the um, way the board goes. So <laughs> so I I actually like the shout of um, of of them choosing someone to to appease Ronaldo. Mm. <laughs> Interesting tidbit there. I, I I live checked the odds, and Carlos is about thirtieth on the list, and he is tied with Michael Arteta for odds of becoming <laughs> oh the next God, Man no. United <laughs> okay, manager. Okay, I'm, I'm writing that off for now at least. One <laughs> percent. <laughs> I think appeasing Ronaldo is a great point, though, because it is. It is. They, I mean, they have put their eggs in that basket, and and I think many will look back on this and say to their detriment this season. But that's, I mean, that's just my take, and. I know many of other many others have said that too, but um, I don't know. I mean, draft lad again. the The focus was prospects going forward. Um, right. <laughs> I don't know that Tati 
necessarily nah, I, the game. I didn't. I didn't listen to the question. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to ramble on about United. There's so much to be said. All right, prospects going forward. Um, yeah, it depends on the manager, but um, you know, Bruno, I think is a fairly safe assumption to be starting today. We actually saw that uh, the interim manager Carrick um, played. Donny Vanderbeek did not start Bruno. Bruno came in. He played well. He assisted a goal. Um, you know, he's he's the linchpin for their attack, regardless of how you look at it. And I, I think he'll play plenty. So you know, his value stays the same. But going Vandeb- forward, go real ahead, quick, go ahead. real quick, Vanderbeek playing today is not any sort of indictment on Bruno. Like, if anything, Bruno needed a freaking rest. Yeah, he needed a rest. And as you said earlier in the pod, I, he hasn't been that great. He's been pretty inconsistent at the very least as of late. Um, and, and Carrick said it himself, you know, we have a big team. He's played tons of games. Um, I was going to sit him today. Cool. Uh, okay, yeah, go going, f- going forward, um, in terms of guys, I'll put it this way, guys I'm willing to trade in. Um, you know, Bruno's obviously one, but in terms of guys who I think values could go up, I would actually include Sancho on that list. I, I'm not as high on him as, um, you know, Genie is, but I think I'm more <laughs> highly, more high on him than, than most people around. Sure. Um, I think with any new manager who who comes in, um, they're more likely to play Sancho than Ole was, um, and you, you even saw that with Carrick in the past, or excuse me, this past game. Um, he's starting. To, it seems like he's starting to get used to the speed of the prem a little bit, um, and when he's involved in the play and he has the ball, he does very well. Um, it's it's mostly been an issue of him being so isolated out on the wing, and I think a lot of that was just tactics from Ole, uh, poor coaching. Um, so yeah, yeah, point being, I, I think Sancho will likely start a good bit. Obviously, there's going to be rotation, um, but I'm willing to trade him in such that I think his value will be higher than it is right now. Yeah, no, that that makes that makes total sense. In terms of other guys, <laughs> um, you know, it, it depends on the manager and whether we think they're going to improve the team or not. So many of these guys can't really get worse, but at the same time. Um, their value is probably too high to trade them in and feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, even Rashford, I like Rashford as a target. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good shout. I I, I feel that a lot of the managers that have held on to Rashford probably have a slightly inflated value that's on him because one, that's... they held on to him and they realized, okay, like I held this guy, I drafted him probably higher than I was comfortable with in order to get him, hold him for however many weeks and start him. That's so I think the point. value is like, hey, I have this player and I think he's going to come good, so I'm going to keep holding. So, yeah. Okay. No, that you actually make a really good point there. Yeah, it's, it's one of those like now you've stuck with him this long, like that's your boy, you know, like you just... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah. And, I, and I do think he'll also rotate probably a bit more than yeah. in previous seasons. Toddy, go yeah, ahead. Gr- Green Greenwood is the is the uh, dark horse here. Oh yeah, uh, because um, because he's he's kind of lost his spot, um, but he still holds value, doesn't he? Um, so he's been dropped actually uh, in in my community league, um, and I'm contemplating spending a whole bunch of fab on him. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's a good investment. I think, obviously, coming back from COVID, um, he'll be he'll be playing some some time or some 
um, games in this uh, upcoming schedule, but I'm not sure how many. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fully, you know, gut feel. What percentage of the games do you think Greenwood's going to start rest of the season? And how high are you on Sancho and Rashford's chances of starting? Yeah. yeah. So I, I have a couple takes uh, that I'll hit you guys with and you let me know if they're if they're on or if they're off. One, I would add Donnie Van de Beek. I, I would go ahead and add him now. I do yep. think with... So one of the things you see with Manchester United fan base is that when they become enamored with a player, management notices. And I think that's partly due to the fact that they are so overly obsessed with their online image, their social media image. Um, and this fan base is obsessed with Donny Van de Beek right now. Um, I think he gets a spot. Uh, I think he gets at least a shot at getting a spot. And I think that any sane manager who comes in, whoever the full-time not interim manager is, um, it will be insane to start Fred and McTominay continually just as Ole has done. Um if they do, I'll eat my hat. But at the same time, I just think it's it's a fool's errand. Uh, I think DVB comes in. I would be comfortable rostering him. Maybe, well, potentially now. But if you think people in your league won't pick him up over the next couple of weeks, wait for the full-time manager to be um, assigned and then pick him up then. Okay. Uh, Jesse Lingard, I would pick him up on December 23rd. Because I think he might move this winter. Uh, I do not think that he gets a, a spot in this in this team with any new manager. I think he was naive and foolish to stay on this team. Um, Edison Cavani, I think he's out. He is basically a super sub. And Alex Tellez, I don't know. I kind of want to. I kind of want to pick him up if I had room on my bench, like Toddy was saying. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, I really fully agree with your first couple of points i think that was very coherent and well said um the donny vanderbeek everything you said fully agree with i think any new manager who comes in would be crazy not to give him a chance um i will qualify that a little bit i think it is a tricky position because united do not have a proper center defensive mid and so you're not going to be able to get away with playing um let's say bruno vanderbeek and mctominay or matic uh, as a three midfield you're just going to get blown out of the water um, in terms of, you know, attackers getting behind your midfield. Um, and yeah. so that won't be a viable midfield in every game. And so as much crap as Ole got for playing a McFred, the fact of the matter <laughs> is uh, in so many games, it, it's it was hard probably not to, to yeah. do that. And he did. He, he played that in hard matchups is kind of how he played it. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, like you said, I think um, Van de Beek gets a shot. Um, we also have to factor in the situation with Pogba. If Pogba comes back in, he's going to get games, maybe not every game, but all of a sudden there's even more competition in the midfield. Um, so, yeah, agreed there. And then your next piece was on, uh, who was it again? Lings. Lings, yeah, same. I, I agree, December 20th, perfect time. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah, tell us I'm a little lower on. I, like, I, I, I think we've talked about him a good bit, and I have as well, is because I don't think Shaw has played very well, so there's a chance that Tells comes in. Um, but Ole really just never trusted Tellez enough, and so he wasn't going to get a shot even if Shaw was piss poor. Um, I, I think Shaw is a good player, and I think he'll he'll start most of the games the rest of the season, even if he has a bad patch of form or loses his spot for a little bit. So I'm not that excited about Tellez, to clarify. Okay, fair enough. 
Anything to add, Toddy? No, I think uh, you've covered everything. Nice. And and you've steered the conversation back well after my future <laughs> um, attempt to. Well, no, I, no, I I'm I'm completely with you. Like, if if there's none of these guys we should be interested in, then then so be it. But um, I happen to think there are a couple. But I mean, uh, yeah. But I I I I share your pessimism. Is, is my my point uh i remembered my one final piece there i think i i slightly disagree with your cavani take mm. i think that's one that fully depends on the type of manager that comes in okay um so some managers just like to play with like a you know a big target man forward um and and it also goes back to toddy's point of like do you have the guts to bench ronaldo right there's some there there's some managers who will favor a forward like cavani that's not to say he's going to play like a bunch of games but I think he still has a shot. Got it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, obviously he's up, he's up there, uh, and he's he's not uh, as fit as Ronaldo is, uh, but but I think he brings so much to the team uh, in movement, in off the ball movement, especially um, in his pressing. So yeah, if 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 a manager comes in. Who, who will want his pressing movement and right. uh, and his eye for goal and and w- whatever a, a, a guy like him brings in uh, to a team, which is a lot, uh, then then I think he he will have value. It will be extremely goal dependent, so it's probably more in real life value and and uh, helping or. Or uh, hindering other p- people's fan- fantasy value rather than his own fantasy value, but um, but he will will be a, a a good streamer in 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 easy matchups. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, I think that the point you touched on there about pressing is a very good one. We we didn't talk too much about Pochettino, but he's very much a, a manager who likes to press from the top, and that's a lot of the troubles that he's had with PSG is. He has a bunch of world-class players up top, and uh, they don't all want to press. And he'll have those problems to a degree with United with Ronaldo, but actually, <laughs> le- actually less less so, which is maybe part of the reason why he wants to come right. to United, or right. apparently. Um, but that that would be a reason for dropping Ronaldo and, and playing Cavani in at yeah. least some games. I mean, Greenwood, Cavani, um, Rashford front line would work their ass off for you. Right, right. So, yeah. All right, boys, let's sign it off. Give me a couple of streaming targets for this week and then say adios to the muchachos who are listening and muchachas who are listening. <laughs> Toddy, let's hear from you first. I'm going to, I'm not going to do that. I'll, you I'll have to Trevor. say adios to the muchachos I, and muchachas. No, I will, I will say adios. That's, oh. that's, that's, um, that's a given, but <laughs> I, I will, I will let Draft Lad, um, deal with, um, with with the streamers, I wanted to shout out a few things that that are going to happen. Oh, that's right. In the up, upcoming month on uh, the Draft Society. So um, we have an article dropping. I think it's going to be tomorrow about our plans from now until the third of January. This is going to include plans on how to set up your league waivers. This is going to in- includes plans on which game week we are going to release which 
type of article because obviously we can't be releasing seven articles in the two days that are between yeah. uh, between game weeks uh, in this upcoming uh, month and a half. So we have we have condensed a few articles. We have uh, done away with a few of them for this period. Uh, I think uh, you like uh, the decisions that that we've we've made and i think i think the new formats um are going to be good one we have already trialed um draft lads um start sit uh, article on on fantrax hq will be more of a visual thing rather than a than a uh, a long long form reading article uh, I really enjoyed that and I think it came out really well so I think uh, our uh, listeners and readers will enjoy that as well and one last thing or two rather one is that we are going to do uh, an advent calendar just like we did last year uh, for those who remember we were still incognito last year um <laughs> in, during the advent right and we we actually started up and we did a uh highest fantasy points holes um ever um i think it was um topped by that norwich game for luis suarez we talked about last week with ryan um and this year we we're going to do something different with with a few prizes. So so follow us on Twitter uh, if you still don't. Um, and we we are also going to have a holiday uh, promotion for our inner circle, uh, which will most likely be a subscription that will take you up until the end of the season. Beautiful. Nice work. Adios. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> to the muchachos and muchachas. All right, Draft Lad, give us a few streamers for this week. And then also uh, adios to the muchachos and muchachas. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, let me preface this by saying I haven't done my in-depth projections yet, so this is from the gut. Um, but Wolves are playing Norwich this week, and I like pretty much everybody on Wolves versus Norwich. <laughs> Uh, if Al Norris available, get him. Moutinho, Neves, Semedo, um, Podens, pretty much everyone. If anyone's available on the waiver wire, put him in. Um, I like some of the Newcastle guys, even though they're playing Arsenal this week. They have Norwich and Burnley right after that, um, and so pretty much the Joe Lintons, the John Joe Shelby's. You know, if you want to take a punt on Fraser or Al Maron, um, any of them. And um, then you have the couple of guys who who might get a chance who haven't previously. Um, let's see. You know, you have Tyranny who might come back into the side. Kufal who might come back into the side. Uh, if they're for whatever reason on, on waivers. You have Vanderbeek who might get another shot even though they're playing Chelsea. Um, and I would be remiss if I did not mention, uh, if Marcos Alonso is somehow on your waivers, uh, pick him up right now. Ben Chilwell looked to get a pretty bad injury in the midweek. Um, so yeah, I think I ran the gamut there of guys who may or may not be available. I like it. A couple more that I'm kind of, uh, looking at, uh, you guys mentioned like Billy Gilmore and, and that, that, ah, uh, yes. Great shout. Are we liking them? Absolutely. Um, also in terms of Norwich, 
Uh, I honestly don't mind a Grant Hanley shout if you if you really are in uh, in a bind and need somebody with uh, low ownership. Um, yep. Let's see. There was one more that I was just looking at. Uh, I got one more for you. While go you for think it. Of that. Yep. Um, I also like Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I think he might get a start this week. Conte came off. Um, maybe injured, maybe not, but he's played a lot of minutes, and I think Loftus-Cheek... Uh, should be able to do some damage against United. Solid floor at the very least. Nice. Oh, um, do we think Mark Albrighton con- continues to start? You know what? He he played really well in real life, uh, even in a piss poor game or a poor game for Leicester, anyways. Um, and it seems like Ricardo's hammies are acting up again. So I I, I think Albrighton might might just get another start. Yeah, twelve and a half fan tracks default in a three nil loss. Right. So, in a game when they looked abject, like just terrible. Yep, and he didn't even get any set pieces in that game, which is rare. They just happened to not get any until yeah, uh, Madison and somebody else were on the pitch. And we know Watford to be a roller coaster team. So indeed. Uh, so would you drop uh, Vitali Janelt for him? Not for me. I think Janelt's. You know, we'll probably keep his place on the side, keep set pieces, and he's got enough long-term value that I don't want the short-term of Albrighton. Yeah, I'd rather have somebody nailed, I think. Yeah. yeah I'm with you there. Agreed. Agreed. Would you rather pick up... Um... Oh, never mind. We talked about Redmond, um, and not and not this week, right? Maybe for next week, but not this week. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, oh, if, uh, if Tiago is still out on your waivers uh, or on your free, agents, uh, free agent pool... Definitely grab him. He's going to get some some time over the next few uh, game weeks and probably months, actually, um, if they manage his minutes correctly. And if you look at the end of last season, so kind of go to his player profile and, and go back to the end of last season, just look at the numbers that he put up last season. Um, arguably, he has not been healthy and in form yet this season at all. And so if you really look at Tiago and his, his capability – he has the ability to be a 10-plus point-per-match player. So um, grab him. They've got some decent matches coming up. And, um, yeah, maybe thank us later. But if not, don't don't say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else, boys? I think Draftlet didn't say adios. Oh, ah, Draftlet, come on. You saved me. You saved me. Adios to the muchachos and muchachas. Adios to the muchachos and the muchachas. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you so much, guys. I've, I've really enjoyed my time with all of you. Beautiful. Well, we have enjoyed having you on, man. It's It's been uh, a long time coming and uh, hopefully a lot more uh, coming up soon because this is a blast. Toddy, always thank you so much for staying awake for us. You're, you're a trooper, um, especially with the small children. We, we love you, and we know the community loves you. And community, you know that we all love you here at the Draft Society. Uh, the reason that we do all this is, is for you. So continue to interact with us on Twitter. Um, as I always say, if you need advice on Twitter, uh, don't just DM us. Go ahead and start a, a conversation. Post it on Twitter. Tag us. We'll retweet it. Uh, and let's get the conversation going. Let's get the ideas from the community. You are the reason we do this. Um, we love you all. And um, let's just continue to to promote and to grow this super inclusive, amazing community of ours. All right. Until next time, good luck on this game week. Americans, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Uh, everyone else, hopefully you have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you all soon. Cheers. Cheers.